Welcome to the Fantasy Sports Cave. I am your host, Lucas Reyes, here back again two days in a row with my good friend and co-host, Julian Nichetta. How you doing, bro? I'm doing great, man. Second day in a row for this podcast, and we got two more to go after this one, so let's do it, baby. Let's go. Yeah, let's get shit cracking. And you said you wanted to start this one off this time, so let you go ahead. Yes, sir. Let's do this. All right, y'all. So we're doing the AFC North this week, or sorry, this week, today. Um, and I'm going to start off with America's favorite football team, as voted by the offseason as far as Bleacher Report goes. We got the Cleveland Browns coming up. That's what we're doing <laughs> today. Uh, the Cleveland Browns obviously had a lot of hype coming into the season, had a lot of hype, had more hype than I've ever seen except for maybe that Eagles team that was the dream team um, that went 8-8 eight and eight that season or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But so the, so the Cleveland Browns had a lot of hype, had a lot of talent. I mean, they still have a lot of talent. But uh, let me just say their record did not uh, show that for sure at all. I believe they went 5-11 and 11 in AFC North, which obviously had the Baltimore Ravens, which we'll talk about. And they had the Steelers, which had a really good surprise, which Lucas will talk about in depth. Um, but as far, as far as the amount of hype they had, they at least were expected to go to the playoffs. But they didn't even do that. Um, and the Cleveland Browns, let me just tell you, they were definitely... Because I didn't get grades yesterday, and I felt bad for that. But as far as grades go... Their season-wise, I'm gonna give them a straight D. Okay, Pops, <laughs> Pops. You know? give them the you straight know? D. <laughs> give them the straight D, like the rest of their opponents gave them this season. Um, oh my god! But, <laughs> oh, for real though, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They gave them the D, you know. And then, and it kind of makes sense because you know, you go into this season, you had a lot of hype, you had a lot of all right, like they got Odell, they had Jarvis Landry, they have Nick Chubb, and then they had Kareem Hunt coming in in week six or week eight, I believe. You know, and then they mm-hmm. also had David and Joku coming in as well. And you're like, all right, like plus they have Baker Mayfield and him with his with his a million progressive commercials. They had they had to do something with it, you know. And then you're like, all right, like there's a little there's some cracks in there when they had when they had Freddie Kitchens in there because listen, I like I like Freddie Kitchens the guy. Like he as a guy, I guarantee you he's probably one of those coolest guys to hang out with. I don't know him personally, obviously, but I from what I've heard is that he's probably one of the coolest guys to hang out with. But you got to think about it. Like he he was hired. He was. He was a running backs coach, and then he became office coordinator, and then he became a head coach in this matter of eight months. In the span of eight months, he had those, you know, he did those three things. Wow. You yeah. know, so it was kind of like wild. And obviously, like, he was offensive coordinator once Hugh Jackson got fired, and then Greg Williams took over. And then he had that forte with um, Baker Mayfield that people thought would would um, lead to future success. Obviously, it didn't lead to future success, at least for this season, for Freddie Kitchens. Hopefully, he goes somewhere else and, you know, does the well there and then eventually develops into this great coach. But it just seemed like he wasn't ready for it just yet. Um, and, you know, you could see that Baker Mayfield was, you know, maybe he, maybe he was more focused on the commercials, more focused, less focusing on the football, which, I mean, I get it. You're a superstar. But at the same time, you know, it, it was just a lot of, like we said before, a lot of hype and no substance with it. You know, so I think with this team, the biggest thing for this team that, it, that this team needs is offensive linemen. Of Let's course, be honest. Yeah. Offensive linemen, you know, you can't, you you can't have that much talent and not have an offensive line to go with it because you can have uh, Hall of Famers. You can have, you know, Randy Moss, Terrell Owens, you know, a prime Rob Gronkowski, you know, LT or Barry Sanders in the backfield. But if you don't have an offensive line to block for them, that ball's not getting anywhere. Like that ball is going to stay in with the quarterback's hands or in the backfield with the running back. If they've handed it off, you know, so it's kind of like, it's kind of one of those situations of like, you need to build someone offensive line, even if, even if there's, even if you have to give up some talent on your, um, on your skill positions, it's always good to have an offensive line, especially with a young quarterback trying to develop and trying to have that confidence be instilled in them. Uh, so I think getting an offensive lineman with that first pick, which is going to be the tenth pick this uh, this season, would definitely help. 
I'm looking at a guy from Alabama, the guy from the guy named Jedrick Willis from Alabama, if he's still available. I mean, people are saying that he could be the best offensive tackle in this class. They are, obviously uh, Alabama had Jonah Williams come out last season, and he was the number one overall. Um, he was sorry, he was the number one tackle that was uh, selected in last year's draft. So, kind of the Alabama swagger, you know, Alabama's <laughs> Alabama's offensive lineman. Let me just say, haven't been known to be that you know phenomenal, but at the same time. You never know. Any guy can really change it. So you've got to take a case by case situation. Yeah. Um, I think that the offensive line is what is the easiest answer, but um, yeah. it's the most straightforward answer. And I think they do mm-hmm. have to address it. And I think that uh, JJ could fall because if you take a look at the yeah. draft order, there's uh, these, a lot of these teams are looking to address things elsewhere. And I think yeah. Cleveland is really poised for that. And, and this is a, a draft that could really change, change a lot of things. Um, in a hurry. And I like that Cleveland, yeah. I th- it seems like they're going to um, do that. I don't know if there's any uh, possibility if they would trade up, though, to the top 10. Because ahead of them is uh, the Chargers from 6 to 10 is Chargers, Carolina, Arizona, mm-hmm. Jacksonville. And uh, I could see maybe Jacksonville drafting a lineman. Okay. And uh, just because I mean they have they they're re- rebuilding like crazy over there too. Yeah. So maybe a swap a pick over there with Arizona. Who, uh, I mean Kyler Murray might need help too on the line though. And and that's a team that is looking to build um around the young quarterback as well and trying to make a jump. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's some some leeway around there to move up. Uh, but I think that I this is a team that you like you said has too much skill to be producing um that that badly on the field and i think hope this is a big year for baker mayfield because if he takes another crap um and doesn't i mean no seriously if he doesn't perform well yeah. as after that uh phenomenal rookie season and and blowing up out of nowhere i think maybe this could be another quarterback controversy i mean how many times can Cle- yeah. cleveland be due to draft another quarterback it's just craziness is there any but is there any other position that maybe they could address at 10 um at 10 i mean you could always go safety um maybe the guy maybe get another guy from alabama get uh xavier mckinney from alabama um go there maybe get some help in a linebacker position get maybe get kenneth murray if he's you know if you want to go that way i don't know if he, they would go that direction because they did lose joe scherzer i think they're losing joe schobert i don't know if that's been confirmed yeah he already. went to he went, jacksonville from the- right, he went to, you're right you went to jacksonville for five oh my god five years 53 million yeah it's a big contract Okay, I mean, good for him. But um, but so yeah, maybe get a maybe get an inside guy like that. I mean, they also did lose Christian Kirksey, so maybe something along those lines, a linebacker help again. Kenneth Murray, if for some odd reason, you know, uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Isaiah Simmons pass. I oh, mean, I imagine though. Make it that imagine. I doubt. Oh I doubt. I mean, if they trade up, they might go get him. But you know, at the same time, like it's going to be tough to move. You know, people ahead of them or teams ahead of them for a guy like Isaiah Simmons because he's going to be a si- highly sought after prospect for sure. Mm-hmm in that range um maybe get some defensive line help uh but yeah i would definitely say that uh getting i mean i would definitely say that getting offensive line help uh for sure i mean obviously they got jack conklin this offseason so that was definitely a big move yeah, for them that was a good one. you know big move uh they you know three years 42 million and then they also got austin hooper so uh tight end wise as far as that goes they they kind of have that um but yeah i mean i i would definitely say their biggest need up front or so the biggest need would be up front in the offensive line, whether it's interior or the uh, the, the the tackle position. So doing that, um, maybe, and also like going along with this because you need production right. immediately if you're if you're the Browns and you're investing all this. You know, Jack Coughlin 
three years 42 is kind of up there with the price range he's going i mean it's not the yeah. it's not um, you know a big hit but it is it is um a nice contract and then you have bring in case keenum for three years 18 million i don't know i mean case keenum has, has had some magic before <laughs> you know yeah. um, and i think that definitely yeah. i mean look we've seen we've seen enough um evidence to support that quarter quarterback controversies um i think i feel like they're more prevalent now and and, and with the with all the media and everything, it just seems a lot more highlighted than it ever used to be. And I feel like yeah. um, you could just, the fans have a lot more power when it comes to just uh, wanting to see better, especially I think Browns fans um, instantly have that influence over their uh, organization more than a lot of other teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you got to talk about, you know, like that, that team in Cleveland really needs to like have a winning team or produce something there, you know, with all that media attention, like you said, and all that talent, although those fans are really like hoping for something big to happen. And, you know, with the guys that they hired, obviously they they got rid of uh, Dorsey and they also got rid of their head coach and they brought in Andrew Barry and um, Kevin Savansky from Minnesota mm-hmm. to be their head coach and stuff. So they, they, they have a lot of experience in that front and they also have a lot, not only experience, but also like young guys who can, who they can build around and who are very intelligent for what they do and for their position and such. So we can only hope that that'll lead them to future success. Also, one more last word before I, before we move on and go to the uh, Bengals, I believe. Um, I do want to say that they are talking also to uh, Trent Williams, obviously Washington Redskins. It seems like everyone's um, talking to Trent Williams at this point, right? Very, that's very true. I mean, everybody and their mother, besides the Washington Redskins, might be talking to Trent Williams, to be honest, at this point. Um, but it, it's just one of those things where, like, you know, it seems like mutual interest. Plus, you know, he's getting up there and like, like he's not old, but he's getting up there in age with as far as offensive tackles. It kind of reminds me of Andrew Whitworth a couple years back when he went to the Rams and stuff. And, you know, he was still like that contributor guy that that's offensive tackle who could be a valid, valid, very valuable contributors. Um, and so, I mean, maybe Trent Williams could be there and could be could hold down that offensive tackle position if they want to address something else in the draft. So that's just something. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, I think you could. I think you could get a, a lot of good value out of Trent Williams. Um, mm-hmm. Even maybe I don't know what 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 they would trade. Obviously, they've been wanting to get a first round for Trent Williams, but I don't think anyone's budging. And um, I think that teams can finesse a second round and maybe a, a fifth round out of, out of Trent yeah. uh, for Trent Williams, especially on the Redskins during draft day, um, mm-hmm. because that just seems one like one of the worst run organizations. But uh, you brought up Kevin Stefanski, and I thought. Um, I forgot that even happened, but when it did, I uh, thought that was like the most perfect hire for the Browns. You bring in like a, mm-hmm. an offensive guy, a minded guy who like really blew it up as for the Vikings this year, using um, Dalvin Cook the way he uh, he did, you know, trusting him after having some injury riddled seasons and being injury prone and making him blow up to, and elevate his play the way they did. I mean, he wasn't going to win MVP, but he, he was in the MVP candidate race. You know, he was top five for sure, yeah. I think, because he, it, it all started with him. And so um, I think that he could figure out a way to utilize all this talent because that this is these are some big-name players. I mean, Jarvis Landry, OBJ, Nick Chubb, these guys, I mean, could definitely do damage. So I think I'm just excited to see what Stefanski could do, could do um, over there this year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we said before, like he obviously had talent over there in Minnesota. You're talking about guys like Delvin Cook and, you know, guys like, uh, well, Stefan Diggs, who's now a, Bill, a member of the Bills. Yeah. And you also Thielen. had a guy like Adam yeah. Thielen, Thielen, too. And plus, you also had Kyle Rudolph, 
you know, and so I feel like with a guy like Stefanski, like he he has dealt with a bunch with a wealth of talent before, but he also had that wealth of offensive lineman help because you also know that that Minnesota Vikings team was also very very much built on their offensive line. Yeah, that's true. So, but another team so. that um, needs really a lot of help everywhere, especially on their offensive line too, is the Bengals. And mm-hmm. oh my goodness, the Bengals! I mean, it was kind of hard to write about it because. This is a team that goes two and fourteen, right? I wasn't even sure if they would even win a game, um, and they pull out two. Amazingly, I mean, I, I don't want to say that this team um, could have a huge turnaround, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them to to squeeze out maybe six or seven wins next year. But in like in good quality wins, like improvement, because I could see them being happy with having a six or seven win season next year if they if they have the good production out of Joe Burrow. Cause I think that that's going to be, um, you know, the, the easiest pick. Um, I mean, I think you could lock them up for getting Burrow. And I think that they could be like the Cardinals this past season who were so happy with getting Kyler Murray. And even though they didn't have a winning season, they knew that they had a future investment with Kyler Murray and having a franchise quarterback. And they, they know the value. And I think that that's exactly what the Bengals are trying to do. Um, so, and, and then you take a look at who's around them on their offense uh, you have Joe Mixon, who surprisingly had an 1,000-yard rushing season. Um, yeah, which is really great. And then you also have A.J. Green you're bringing back, who was injured, but hopefully that he could stay healthy. I mean, this guy's an immediate X factor, and and uh, there's no there's no denying the talent that A.J. Green ha- has when he's on the field. Then you also have another 1,000-yard uh, receiver in Zach Taylor um, – or, sorry, uh, Tyler Boyd. So mm-hmm. <laughs> Zach Taylor's a coach, my God. <laughs> Tyler Boyd <laughs> – Mention, mention I know, right? <laughs> but so, so you have you have thousand yard producer playmakers on there. All right, they didn't get a lot of touchdowns, but you bring Joe Burrow in, and then um, maybe you. Get, I think you de- get an offensive line with the second round pick. You, you got to get that um, offense situated. Um, but and they also had other things that they brought, other players that they brought in on the defensive side. The biggest one was DJ Reader uh, from Houston, and then uh, Trey Waynes from Minnesota. Von Bell from New Orleans. These are some some nice players. Um, the biggest one, obviously, is going to be DJ Reader, the biggest contributor and the biggest uh, difference maker. But then on the back end, too, um, addressing the safety and cornerback. So I think that th- these moves um, were kind of out of the ordinary for the Bengals just because I, I – but the whole tenure that Andy Dalton was there, I don't. I feel like they, they've stayed stagnant and haven't made big moves. And then you hear those, all these big – uh, rumors that Gerald Burrow might have a pull of Eli Manning on draft day if it comes to <laughs> no seriously when it comes to uh, the yeah. Bengals drafting him and then uh, he shuts those down a few days later those rumors down like a week later but but during that time it felt like oh shit the Bengals are like oh fuck we're really gonna screw this up so we're gonna have to they brought in these players make themselves look more enticing and I think they do look more enticing so I th- it's kind of hard to s- give them a mock draft when it seems like to be a lock for uh, Joe Burrow so I went ahead and um, look at what they could get in the second round. And as far as receivers, some mock drafts have them picking up T. Higgins. I don't think that he'll, uh, he will drop to the second round. But I think if he does, that's a lock. Other than that, you got Denzel Mims and Brandon Ayuk. I mean, these, these guys are projected uh, late first round, um, second round talents. I think that'd be perfect. So you get another uh, wide receiver two um, in there with this group. And then all of a sudden, this looks like a team that a lot of people could get behind. But I think that... Um, they're really going to have to address the offensive line, get Joe Burrow some help. He's not the most 
elusive quarterback. He's nice for sure, but he's, you know, I don't think he's like Lamar Jackson and I don't think he'll be able to, um, he'll struggle for a little bit if he's, you know, behind another makeshift, um, makeshift line behind the Bengals, you know, but, uh, the, the one that I think that will fall and they could draft is Prince Tega Wanogo. This guy, it was a handful. Wow, yeah, I, I pronounced that. That's a good, good pronunciation, man. That's good. Yeah, I think that's that guy good. is is gonna be their second round draft if it doesn't, or their yeah, their second round draft if not these wide receivers. Yeah, I mean that was, I mean that was good analysis by you. Obviously, uh, bringing up the whole Cardinals, uh, bringing the whole Cardinals thing. What happened? Because it's kind of a similar situation. What happened with the Cardinals when they bring in? This uh, this young head coach who's offensive background, you know, whereas the Cardinals they had Cliff Kingsbury, and now they now the Bengals had Zach Tyler, Zach Zach Tyler, Zach mm-hmm. Taylor. Um, you know, they had they brought him in, and then you're you're hoping that you know a Heisman Trophy winner, guy who broke records, a guy who was in the playoff. I mean, not only was he in the playoff, but he won the national championship with his LSU. Um, you know, and Joe Burrow. If I mean, if that's their pick, which is everyone kind of already presumes that's going to be, so it's kind of already written in unless they trade it, which. If they do, then who they, knows? They, I think the they will seriously fumble if, like, fumble the bag if yeah. they do that. I don't think that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because you could tell, but he's an Ohio kid. You know, he went to Ohio State for his first what three or four years, and then he eventually transferred to LSU and became, you know, Joe, you know, Joe, yeah. whatever, Smoking whatever you Joe. want to call his name. <laughs> Smoking Joe, exactly. You know, he became Joe Burrow, but except they're spelled like B. It's spelled like Louisiana style, so or French style, I should probably say. But um, but yeah, so I think Joe Burrow would definitely be the great move. It, at that point, you kind of say, all right, who are they drafting in the second round? You know, because you, like you said, you said that Prince guy, um, the offensive lineman. If not, you can get a guy like Denzel Mims, like you said, a receiver. Um, but I also feel like we're also forgetting the biggest X factor there. Yeah, how about a guy like John? Oh, Hall, right. You know, a guy who's a guy who's already there. A guy who, I mean, obviously, you know, he's he's a couple years removed from breaking the forty-yard dash record. You know, and I think I think a guy like that could definitely stretch on the field, you know. So maybe if you want to like kind of hold off until like the few rounds. I mean, obviously I'm not a Bengals, not a Bengals person. I'm just trying to speculate here. Um, but yeah, so it's getting someone like that and then trying to fix that and just trying to trying to see what they can do with that defense too. You know, because it's you know, the, remember you gotta also think about it, like it's two sides of the ball and or sorry, three sides of the ball, I guess, if you count special teams, but you know, we're no no special team has ever besides Janet Kowski, I guess, was drafted in the first round. Um, but yeah, so I, I definitely think that that was excellent analysis by you. And, uh, what do you think a guy like, what do you think about a guy like Andrew Thomas, if say he drops and the left tackle from Georgia, if he drops in the second round, what do you think? Well, yeah, about I that? think, I think that's, um, that's a good one. You know, you need, you need that left tackle for sure for Burrow, keep him upright. Um, I just, I just think that you just have to address themselves, um, through the air. I completely forgot about John Ross. I don't know why. Um, cause I was raving about him during fantasy, especially after he torched yeah. Seattle. Damn, I forgot about John Ross, but he did get injured too at the end of the season, and I think that's why I yeah. forgot about him. Um, I think that this could be a dynamic team, though, and just um, you take a look at that's like another speedy team, like as, a, as like kind of yeah. like the Chiefs. I could totally see him blowing up after a little bit. Those, that'd be perfect. But then now you got on the other yeah. side a huge offensive-minded team that maybe you're trying to keep up with is um, in the division is the Ravens, the team that you covered. Yep, the Baltimore Ravens. I would definitely say the Baltimore Ravens were the probably the biggest surprise team of this off of this season, if not one of the top two or top three. You know, because I mean, obviously you had stories about them changing the scheme around for Lamar Jackson, but how many times do you hear that? Like, oh, they're changing their scheme around, but they legit changed their entire scheme around. They changed what they do. They changed their mindset as a team, and that's what good teams do. That's what good cultures do. They always change to their uh, talent or instead of vice versa. You know, they change their scheme at least. Um, and I think this Ravens team obviously went 14 and two, uh, 
bounced out in the first round, but that's okay. We're not, we're not, <laughs> we're not, uh, we're not mad at them. You know, th- those Tennessee Titans really just took a hammer to them. Um, the real yeah, MVP, I mean, the by the way, Derrick Henry. <laughs> nah, I'm Derrick, yeah, exactly. Derrick Henry. Derrick, no, he, hey, he helped out. He helped out. You know, he was a definitely a big surprise. King Derrick or King Henry, whatever you want to call him. You know, that guy was a machine. He's, He's a beast. You know, six, best player in the playoffs. Six, yeah, exactly. I mean, six foot five with those dreadlocks or whatever. I mean, obviously not. He's like six foot two or six foot four. You know, he can he can run like the wind. But we're not talking about the Titans here. We are talking about the Ravens, and we're talking about the MVP. It all starts off with Lamar Jackson, obviously Action Jackson, as some people call him. Um, you know, the guy came from Louisville and very dynamic. Another high and another Heisman Trophy winner. Another guy who like, all right, is he the next Michael Vick or is he just kind of like that? Another Randall Cunningham, a guy who can throw the ball and can run, but he isn't as dynamic as Michael Vick was. But then you realize, okay, this guy might be a little more dynamic Dude, than Michael yeah. Vick was. You know, Lamar just he just took over the NFL. He became who he was in college. He became that guy who broke out in college that first week when he had like eight touchdowns or something like that. Or some Ridiculous. odd number, and I'm like, who? I'm like, yeah, like you're like who's like Lamar Jackson? What kind of running back's name is that? I, it's oh, it's crazy because this but... is only his second year, and 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 like second and a yeah. one and a half because he came in after Joe Flacco, um, his first year. So yeah, I mean, I just the development over the over, just really the off season was crazy. I I do give John Harbaugh credit. I, I'm gonna oppose you though later. I'm gonna let you finish, but uh, well, okay. I'm, I'll talk about it later because I think uh. Mike Tomlin really should have been coach of the year. And we did talk about this yesterday. Oh, yeah. I'll let you go ahead. I'll let you go ahead and finish first. I'm going to let you finish. (laughs) We did. We did. We did. No, no, we did. You're right. But, um, I mean, obviously, we did talk about it. I brought up Mike Tomlin. But at the same time, you also got to think about uh, John Harbaugh, a guy who was – who many people were predicting to be gone this offseason – or last offseason and talking about how he might take the USC job. I really wish he had it. but Like his brother. can only hope. Exactly. Like his brother – you know, going back to the or obviously his brother was in the Pac-12 with Stanford, and then he could have brought he could have went back to USC. That'd been great for me, but that's not how, <laughs> it happens, not how life works. Um, and uh, but yeah, that would have been that would have been great. But you know, obviously he came out, and that isn't what's going to happen because you know John Harbaugh is John Harbaugh. He surprises me every time when everything you doubt him. He's like one of those. He surprised like, me too. Honestly, I don't know how he. You know, he he's very. Let me tell you that John Harbaugh was definitely the. If I'm mean, obviously. As far as coach of the year goes, you know, you can say, you know, Mike Tom, like I like I brought up or like we brought up yesterday, like Mike Tomlin was definitely like the, the guy who should have gotten it just because of what he did with that team. But at the same time, you couldn't really hate too much on John Harbaugh, yeah. you know, because I mean, he changed that entire culture around. He changed, you know, he went from that offensive coordinator going from, you know, just more of a pass offense with Joe Flacco, like you said, to more of a like a run based offense where like just power, power, power run with, you know, with Lamar Jackson and obviously Mark Ingram. Former former Saint, so you got to kind of you know hold your head up high with that. <laughs> Three one. Heisman winners on that offense um, with also RG three, RG three. Yep, at the back, oh, you got to think about it. like the RG three is the backup at that point. Like that, you're just that, that's <laughs> that's why that is wild. I'll tell you that much. Obviously, there there is a run first offense. You know, you look at their run for their offense. You know, they had 206 rushing yards per game, which is first in the NFL by far. But then passing offense was like was like 29th with 209 passing yards, so very even for sure. Their overall their overall uh, statistical rating was uh, second with their entire offense. I believe there's behind the Chiefs, Goodness. but don't quote me. Yeah, it is. But um, but yeah. So I think so I think the Ravens for sure were definitely uh, a surprise of this season. 14 and two as far as needs go. I'm trying to see what they really, really need. But one second, hold on. I really should have had this up beforehand. But you know what? We're just going to keep talking. <laughs> nothing happened. Anyways, um, 
so yeah so i think baltimore definitely surprised a lot of people um you know it's uh they didn't do what they needed to do in this season but you know it, it is what it is you know you got to do what you got to do oh, let me just try to see what are we doing here okay sorry uh, they, they, they also right, got go ahead go ahead no, no, sorry. I was just going to say that um, the Ravens did get rid of uh, that tight end, the, the back, not, not Mark Andrews, but the backup, Hayden Hurst. He went to the Falcons, obviously. Um, but yeah, so I think their biggest need would, would probably be Ed Rusher if we're counting anybody. We're right. They picked up Derek Wolf from um, um, Denver on a one year deal, $3 million. Uh, okay. I thought that was, that was a really good, I mean, I think that's a really good signing for that much money. Look, he maybe not expecting yeah. him to do too much. He's only, he's 30 years old. I think that Derek, I mean, Derek Wolf is only a few years removed from having a, a nice season. So he, he, I remember him, ter- I'm a Chargers fan. I remember him getting some nice plays um, on Phillip Rivers. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I think that that's a good signing too. Uh, Lamar Jackson, man, this guy was crazy. He had a, he completely took over the year. But look, as far as John Harbaugh goes and, and being coach of the year, I don't, I don't know if you get like, do you get that much credit for playing the best you know, player in the NFL? Like, do you really, you know what I mean? Like, how much credit can you really get? Well, yeah, uh, f- fair enough. But I think I think the reason why they gave him so much credit was just because, like, they you went from the year before, which is, I mean, they, I don't know, I forgot their year before record, but it wasn't, it wasn't that good. Like, I mean, you're like, all right, like, is he, you know, is Lamar Jackson going to be this superstar or whatever? And then you just hear this option. And they, I think more, it was more so just changing the scheme around and just changing it around to where, like, you kind of, you fit hit, you you basically made an entirely new offense for a guy who used utilized his talents to the, his very max ability and he became the MVP. So I think in that sense, just the record and stuff, just how they did, just how they took over the NFL, how they went on like a nine game winning streak or something at the end of the season before obviously before the playoffs. Because I think they, like the, I think they were like two and two, and then they ended up being like fourteen and two. So it was like yeah, a twelve okay. game winning. Well, streak, I'll I'll, you know? I'll save my argument for when I have Mike Tomlin because I that's my boy right now. Mike Tomlin's my guy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't know. No, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like, what he did with that team, obviously a miracle. But at the same time, I could see it going both ways, just yeah. record-wise, you know. Mike Tomlin, yeah, I understand you. He didn't have as much talent, obviously. Um, but at the same time, like, going 14-2, being the number one team in the AFC compared, you know, when the Chiefs were in there, obviously being number two, but winning the Super Bowl. So, you know, they ended up winning last. Um, but, yeah, so I think that team would – I mean, I, I think that John Harbaugh would definitely be um, – would definitely be a likely candidate where it's like, all right, like I get it. Like I understand why he won coach of the year, regardless of who you think I could understand, like respectfully, like it wasn't one of those things where like it was, he, they just yeah. gave it to somebody and like, there's yeah. no way. Well, I'm saying, but I'm just saying, because Lamar Jackson was clearly the best player in the NFL last year. Right. Um, yeah. Light years away from, I mean, anyone, you know, from anyone, as far as skill, um, he's the, he's an evolutionary pl- product of the game. All right. Like yes, Tom Brady is the goat. Is quarterback but lamar jackson is the product of years of football and you're seeing now that so many teams want a mobile quarterback like a decade ago it wasn't Mm -hmm. it wasn't like that you still it it was skeptical there were skeptics about mobile quarterbacks now people are getting on it because this is the future this is you know i mean look he, he is michael vick but he's he's you know just doing it now and 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 yeah the this is his offense you know what i mean like it was converted for him, but how much credit do you get for converting to the best player in football? You know what I mean? That's what I'm trying to say. And that's fair. No, no, that's, well, I, I mean, go ahead. that's just what I'm saying. I mean, he's the MVP for a reason, right? 
And he, and he beat out like amazing yeah. other players who had amazing seasons like Christian McCaffrey, you know. So and Michael Thomas who set like the reception record or something uh, ridiculous like that. Um so I mean other offensive weapons it is a quarterback's favored um MVP race, but I think Lamar could have won this MVP in any other season. That's yeah, that's fair. I mean, he obviously he broke he, he did a lot of things. He did a lot of great things. Um and you know, it's it, you're just you're just almost like all right. Like it's it's tough. It really is because you also got to think about Patrick Mahomes. I know he didn't have his great season like the season before, but yeah, he busted Patrick in the race Mahomes late in at sense. the end too. Also, very true, very true. Yeah, Plus, I mean, you also had Russell yeah. Wilson and, and going we forget all too. about Russ. Um, every single time we always forget about yeah. Russ. But I think that's it. Yeah. Just sucks that he got overshadowed by an amazing season. Yeah. Um. But anyway, sorry. Uh, moving on. Not, not moving on. But like, as far as their needs go, because I I feel like we can talk about this with Mike Tomlin when we do get there, which is next, obviously. Um. But I feel like with their needs, maybe linebacker also, because they did lose their two and they did lose two uh linebacker two inside linebackers to free agency this season. Um. With uh, I believe it was Patrick on was I'm not even trying to pronounce that name. Uh, but Patrick <laughs> O went to the uh, New York Jets. Yeah, they lost him. They also lost Josh Bynes to the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, um, and so yeah, they lost him. So maybe getting a guy like Kenneth Murray at the back end of this at the first round, if he's still available, because the page the Saints might select him or who knows. Um, but yeah, so I think maybe getting a guy like that. Also, also a little keynote, little uh, you know, for the Ravens, they also did lose Marshall Yonda to right. retirement. Um, you know, plus that interior. So then that interior offensive line is going to take a big hit. Plus they also lost a few other guys. They lost their, they lost a center, Hironis Grazu. Uh, to free agency, they also lost Parker Anger and Randon Cresilius. Hopefully, if I pronounced that right. Um, you know, to all to I mean, they're still in the free agency list, so if they they might resign them. But it looks like on interior offensive line for sure might be another needed that they might select mm-hmm. in the later rounds. Um, if they don't they don't go first round, but I would definitely say maybe Kenneth Murray. But if they want to go edge, if they still want to do that after they you know they sign that guy earlier, that you're talking about. Um, obviously, you're talking about uh, Derek Wolf here, but. At the same time, they might go with a guy from Boise State, Curtis Weaver. I mean, I'm just trying to spitball here. I'm trying to think of who they might be available at the at the uh, end of the first round. Doing that, they if they want to go receiver, I don't know. They, there's a it's a deep receiver class. They might want to select that in the second with you know their second round pick or uh, with you know with one of those fourth round picks that they have, especially one the one that they have from New England. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely say you know definitely say kind of like those position positional needs will be for sure. But at the same time, you also can't forget that offensive line because you know that rushing offense was so so important and impactful for that team that you always got to fix that offensive line whenever it needs fixing because there's only so many times when you can run Lamar Jackson without him being in you know in danger. Plus, you also have a few guys you know behind him and, and running back with right. Like, and what, and those what happens when you can't run? Uh, so, you're gonna get bumped out in the first round, like like exactly what happened when when Lamar Jackson was forced to throw um, in that playoff game. Um, because he could not run. All right, he, there's there's a difference between throwing the ball when you're running and throwing the ball when you can't run the ball. And it was and he got right. stumped um, for one of the few times all season, and then you get bounced out. So uh, I think that's a good one too to make sure you're addressing that line before it falls apart. Because that's that is the basis, a foundation of your whole offense. And um, I mean, about round yeah. one guy, you better make it work. Because if it doesn't work, then you're you're done uh, for the game. Yeah, I mean, done for the game, done for the count. Uh, but one team that doesn't seem to ever be done for the count, no matter how many injuries happen, no matter how many <laughs> ducks you had to go through, um, I would definitely say that Lucas Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, um, yours, man. Steelers, goodness, man. It just What a wrecking ball of a beginning of the season. They instantly start off on the wrong foot, and you get blown out by the Patriots, lose Big Ben, 
in the following week. So week two, you're already in hell as a Steelers fan. Just a season of unfortunate events. I mean, Steelers would go down to the third string quarterback. And then because of their terrible quarterback play, they were just really one dimensional. Uh-huh. I mean, instantly take out one of the biggest playmakers of their team, Juju Smith. He's he's not a factor anymore. And um, and he actually gets a little bit banged up towards the end of the season too. So th- that's already a big part of your offense dynamic taken out. Um, and then because you're one dimensional, uh, you have to rely on James Conner a lot. And he also gets banged up too throughout the season. And he isn't as affected as he was before. You're relying on guys like Benny Snell, J- Jalen Samuels. And uh, somehow Mike Tomlin is just able to get things, get this team back on track. I mean, so this I think he was robbed of coach of the year because of this. I Like I said, Harbaugh deserves credit for trusting Lamar. But Lamar was the MVP. And he, and, and I think Tomlin did more um, in terms of being coach of the year with less. All right. I think he gets uh, – he needs a lot more credit. And, and I think – I mean, he was highlighted from people that know – you know, uh, that we're watching the game. Like, you know that Mike Tomlin maybe could have gotten it. Like, if, if you were watching football, you wouldn't be surprised. You would say, oh, yeah, you know what? This was – he probably deserves it. Anyways, um, their, their, their whole team is starting by T.J. Watt, really. I mean, it's a defensive-led team, that pass rush, and then you get – you trade away your first-round pick, your 21st-round pick for Minka Fitzpatrick to the Dolphins. But you know what? That completely changes over the games – um, changed over their season and uh the Steelers t- start one and four and turn it around f- f- uh to five and four by week 10 so they were just you know another team that were on on the rise but they just lost some weird games they, they lose they lose two crucial games to the Browns and Jets that would have shoved them into the playoffs yep. but um and they're right there again you know they they have Big Ben coming back and then uh, I think the Steelers need to address um, the offense for sure during the draft because the defense is what's kept them in the games and made them competitive. Competitive. Uh, oh my goodness. Um, I think they might try and turn another USC product into a star. Uh, Michael Pittman, you, you know, he's, yeah, I think that there we go, you know, reunited with Juju. I don't know if they ever played together, but um, yeah, two USC guys, I could see that going off. He's projected to go as late though, as the third round. So maybe with the second round pick, they could try to go, with defensive tackle after losing Javon Hargrave. Um, the one of the, one of the guys that could be going there is Justin Matabike. Uh, this guy's a first round talent, they say, but he has some, I think about this could be interesting. He has some work ethic issues and attitude issues. And I think Mike Tomlin's kind of familiar with that. Uh, I mean, who is more familiar with that than a guy who coached Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. I mean, Antonio Brown, especially, you know what I mean? So there's that guy though, and they say you know if you were you could change your talent, maybe um, the NFL could be a wake up call too, um, as far as you growing up and stuff. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised there. I mean, instant, they say he's an instant playmaker, and then another guy who could turn things around um, is projected second round is Ross Blacklock, a guy from uh, TCU, um, and just another interior guy they need. They did they didn't pick up someone from alignment from the Ravens, but uh, I think. They, that guy is a little bit more of a utility tool. He's not the biggest run stopper and um, defensive tackle presence they need. But I could. The only thing I also am concerned about um, that I think is a little underrated. Now maybe you could you know t- talk about this and give me your opinion. Under the radar issues, maybe Big Ben, dude. Because what if Big Ben? I mean, he got Tommy John surgery, and that's like a surgery that pitchers in the MLB they they might not be the same from afterwards and it causes pain it causes discomfort big ben's just getting up there in age and i don't know if you saw that video of him but he looks like a damn caveman 
Did you? Oh, did you see that? <laughs> he, he posted. Yeah, yeah he looks. He that. looks like he, he came out of an ice block. Like he, he he's crazy looking. <laughs> so I don't know if Big Ben will be the same. But uh, as far as mm. this team, I think they they have the big turnaround next year, and maybe uh, Mike Tomlin will be getting the award for Coach of the Year next year. Do you think that they should address though in the second round? Uh, a wide receiver, or should they go with defensive tackle and replace Hargrave? Um, as far as uh, as far as that position goes, I think I think at that point you have to go defensive tackle. I'd go with Hart. I'd you know replacing Hargrave and such, just because like the the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are known to be that defensive team led by their defense. Obviously, you had JJ. Uh, sorry, TJ Watt. I'm like JJ. <laughs> the TJ Watt. And then you know you have those you know the the Pittsburgh Steelers the fear uh, said the fierce enforcement the uh, the steel curtain with that team, I, I mean that that team is known to be led by their defensive linemen, um, so I think definitely getting a guy like getting a guy like you said before uh, that first round talent who maybe has might have some work ethic issues, but again like getting a guy like Mike Tomlin on him definitely uh, definitely get some of those work ethic issues for sure out if he believes in them. So I think I think getting a guy like that might help out as far as talent goes. And at the same time, we also got to think about this receiver class is that it's been known to be like there's guys in third round who can be first round yeah. talents in other classes in other years, you know. So I think in that sense, you might want to wait a little bit on the fir- on the receivers, you know. But at the same time, like you said before, you know, if if a guy like Michael Pittman is there and like, you know, and they don't like defensive linemen who are available, they might go with him, get another guy, get a guy who's a jump ball receiver, a taller guy, you know, that big Ben can throw to. But another, another like like you said before, you know, Big Ben with that Bet with that <laughs> Brett Kiesel like beard earlier uh, that yeah. we saw um, in that video, is is Big Ben? Are they looking to transition out of Big Ben? Because like we've seen their we've seen their quarterbacks this this season, and let's just say Mason Rudolph is not the future, um, for sure at all. It, especially at least what he, what he's was he what he's shown, um, and who knows if you're lying, Duck Hodges, uh, for the future. Do you know? Do they look to get? Do they look to maybe try and get a guy from this offseason class or from this draft class? Maybe a guy like uh, Jake Fromm. Yeah, that could be that happening. You know, maybe like um, if Jalen Hurts falls maybe. to him. Yeah, if Jalen Hurts falls. Oh, that'd be a nice fit. You know, with that, and then you got you know with James Conner and like maybe trying to transition that offense to more of a like a Raven style kind of thing. Um, you know, especially with Jalen Hurts, you know, bigger guy can run the ball too as well, but also pass it if need be. That that could be a big move um, for that, but I, I don't know. It's it's tough because you, know, you go from the three Bs when they had Roethlisberger, and then you also had Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown. Like you go from that to you have, now have James Conner, and they're obviously you know productive guy, but you know not not Le'Veon Bell like. And you also have a guy like Juju Smith, who I'm a USC guy. I love USC, but as far as Antonio Brown goes, you know you well, saw they drop off right, but him they, I mean going, they couldn't uh, pass the ball all year. I mean, I mean they rely on Duck Hodges and. <laughs> And racist Mason Rudolph. I think I think he said yeah. it, bro. I think he said it. I <laughs> think he said it one hundred percent. But that's another whole story. But I do want to say though, yeah. I want Andy Dalton to go to the Steelers. Why not? Because think about this. Wow. All right. Okay. You you have to find some insurance. Okay. Big Ben is obviously your starter coming into this offseason and into Week One. But what if he's not Big Ben? What if he just gets injured again? Very I mean. True. Look, you have you don't you need secure. I mean, if we learned anything from last year, one of the biggest themes you had to have learned was invest in a good backup quarterback. Invest in a, there were so many backup quarterbacks that played this past season, and I I was truly amazed. What if mm-hmm. Andy Dalton is a great backup quarterback? Okay, and and you could totally see him winning some games. And wouldn't it be great if the Steelers 
and the Bengals go to the playoffs, and then the Bengals lose to an Andy Dalton led Steelers. <laughs> Ooh, see that would be that'd be, that'd be like amazing. Kind I would love that. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah. And I think Andy Dalton could you be know? the Ryan Tannehill next year for sure. Have a comeback season. You have to get lucky with wherever he would land, though. You have to get real lucky. But I think that'd be fucking Very amazing. True. Very true. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that would be great. You know, if Andy Dalton can lead that team into a into a, especially if it's into in Cincinnati and he wins that. Yeah. But be even great. just saying, that'd like, you need a good backup for sure. That you, if you have to learn that. Yeah. All right. Is there anything else you wanted to touch with the Steelers? Um, no. Uh, as far as far as the Steelers go, like we can talk about the whole Tomlin thing, but I mean, obviously, I like I said yesterday, uh, Michael, uh, Mike, Michael, what? No one calls him Michael. Mike Tomlin, um, you know, he he definitely had a. I mean, like we said before, I I honestly, like, I'm agreeing with you. Like, I think he did get screwed out of it, out of being coach of the year, because you know, like, let's be honest here, at least would have went five and eleven with that team. He would not have went. He you know he would not have made the playoffs. You know, let alone at least not made the playoffs. But he wouldn't. He would. He would have had that team in a worse position, but Mike Tomlin definitely, you know, led that team and be, you know, let it let it be what it is or what it was last season. Yeah, you know, he worked with what he had. Could've. Also, we didn't uh, mention um, their free yeah. agents. Uh, they bring in Eric Ebron from Indy, okay. two year deal, twelve million. So yeah. that's another nice weapon. You also bring in Derek Watt on a three year deal, nine million. Um, hey. So you're obviously trying to get some help for James Conner. And I think look, James Conner yeah. was, was only a year removed from being a really good running back. He was, uh, I mean, a force to reckon with. Um, after uh, Le'Veon left. So he stepped in really nicely. I think he could have a similar season again. Um, so I think that this look, this team still has weapons. You just got to f- make sure. I mean, hopefully that Big Ben is, is healthy. And I think that um, this is a team that's going to have a big bounce back year next year. Hard to win a division, though, but a wild card for sure. And I think that they're implementing the seven teams uh, this year um, okay. in this playoffs. So it'll be interesting to see. There we go. Yeah, but um, but I mean, other than that, I mean, I just you know, Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they always they always seem to be in a good position. I mean, even if they, they really don't have do. that much talent, they always they always seem to have a good cult. That's always the thing with the Steelers; they always have a good culture to come in there and lead their team and just do well, no matter with what what yeah. they have at that point. This is true. But, All right, did you? Have, is that everything wrapping up the whole AFC North? Yeah, I mean, I just you know, I'm gonna use my terrible <laughs> towel later, but you know, as far as that goes, you know, I just it just. I just it's AFC North is one of those divisions where you kind of have a feeling on what's going to happen next year, but then at the same time, a team could just come out of the woodworks and just be like, "Wait, what?" And you know, who's that team? And who knows? It might be the Bengals this year. You know, it might be the Bengals if they do well enough and they you know really impress some people. But we'll see. We'll see for next <laughs> Man, year. Man, if sure. it's the Bengals, I don't know. I'd probably lose my mind. The 2020s are already crazy. I, uh, so yeah, exactly. Um, you they, really you never, never know. know. You never know. Man. But for <laughs> everyone here at the Fantasy Sports Cave, and for Julian Enchetta, I'm Lucas Reyes. Follow Fantasy Sports Cave on every social media, um, Instagram, Twitter. Oh, oh, Jesus. What Did you make a Twitter, brother? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, my brother. Like, I was I was thinking about it, and I was like, all right. Like, if I make a Twitter, like, do it. will people follow I, me? I guarantee will, you people will, people will follow me, bro. Twitter's a lot, a lot more interactive than uh, any, right, any other right. social media. I promise all you. Right. All right, well, we'll see tomorrow with what te- whatever division we do, because I don't know if we're going to do an AFC South or we're going to do the AFC West. I mean, yeah. I'm guessing AFC South then. Um, you know, AFC South and I will do that. Um, but yeah, so I mean, as far as Twitter goes, I'm sorry, ins- or Twitter or Instagram, I guess I again don't have any. So if there's any fake ones account, uh, if there are any fake accounts in there, I'll be honest with you, it's not me. Um, I do have oh an OnlyFans account though. Imagine that. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, yeah, I thought you, oh, but uh, no, 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 I, no, 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 I was just joking. If, if I did, I would, I would have definitely <laughs> plugged that for sure on here, but um, 
But uh, but no, don't don't have one. Uh, have Facebook. Um, obviously, I would say try to find me in real life. But with this quarantine going on, don't don't leave your houses. Uh, do what you yeah. can. Stay at home. Try try and stay active as much as you can. But also stay at home and be safe about it because we're trying to get out of this bad boy as quickly as possible yeah. can and get better out of it too. Anyways, Lucas, you can find me find at you Twitter at SugarFreeFSC and Instagram Lucas underscore Reyes. For everyone here at the Fantasy Sports Cave, we are out.